and then we thought it again. They won a game with their backs against the wall after playing a really shitty game the game before, like they have done repeatedly, and somehow we both thought they weren't going to do it, and they did. And I, I'm somehow more confused that they're consistently... <laughs> I'm both like happier this? and angrier at yeah, the same time? Yeah, I'm very confused. My emotions right now are confused. Woo! Happy, but confused. Boy, oh boy, did we give up on this game, too. I'll tell you, that... We, we never, we never, we were never not leading. I mean, we were tied, oh, or we were leading, correct. right? correct, but when that Woof. shorthander went in, which we'll get to... I thought the rest of the series would be like eight to two Boston. What a kick to the nuts! It'd be like two to nut, four to two game tonight, and then like six to two tomorrow, and that'd be the end of the series. But it usually, wasn't that. Usually, it wasn't that. That would that's the Blues of old. We're talking about the Blues of the new year, where Vladimir Tarasenko doesn't know what rub off means, mm-hmm. and Alex Petrangelo laughs heartily. We'll get to all of that, but I guess we just. Just, just game time. In. Oh, you're listening to the Two Guys No Cup podcast, everybody. Welcome back. Follow us on mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, at Two Guys No Cup. I hope you're already there, but if you're not, I don't know how you got here, but please listen. Do it. Do it. And sub- and all that stuff. Like us. Subscribe. Please like us. <laughs> just like me. Ian, where are we hailing from tonight? Why don't you tell me? Tonight. We're on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> oh! Because we are boldly going where no Blues fan has gone before. hey Which includes a goal 43 second into a home uh, Stanley Cup final game scored by Ryan O'Reilly, his fourth of the playoffs, assisted by Zach Sanford. And welcome back, how dearly we missed you, Vince Dunn. How do you feel about this goal, Ian? 
Great. So great. <laughs> Elated. Fantastic. All the good words. Mm, indeed. Petrangelo passed the puck to Dunn along the blue line, and Dunn shot the puck towards the net, and Sanford tipped it wide. O'Reilly retrieved the puck behind on the left side of the net, channeled his inner pet Magnus Payarvi, and wrapped the puck around to the right off of Rask's skate between the posts just in time to score the game opening goal. It was one to nothing Blues, 43 seconds in. This was the 12th time the Blues had scored within the first two minutes of a period, which is a Stanley Cup playoff record. It's tied for the Stanley Cup playoff record so far. What a start. Are we tied with like the 1944 Toronto Barons? <laughs> you know, I don't know if they said, but let's just assume that you guessed yeah. it mm -hmm. wildly at random. You've done that before. Ian Peters, when we first met, ladies and gentlemen, guessed my birthday out of the clear blue sky, just like, just, just like God had sent it to him on a mm. tablet. And that's when I said, I'm a time lord. In sophomore year of high school, guess we're going to start a podcast a decade from now. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> you know what it means when you guess someone's birthday out of the blue. All the great podcasts started that way. Conan mm. looks for a friend. The Joe Rogan Show. They all started that oh, way. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of these podcasts, one person on them. <laughs> yep, but they guessed their own birthday right <laughs> out of the blue. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Blues controlled a lot of the play early in the period, uh, continuing on into about the midway point. And you and I were both kind of saying it, sort of like the last game. It's like, well, you got to score because they're going to get their chances too. And if you're not up by two and they get their chances and they score then it's a tie game it's anybody's game and so naturally we didn't score and so naturally they did get their chances and naturally they scored to make it one to one who else but charlie coyle the, the former Boston minnesota boy. wild who's now shattered all of his previous records with the minnesota wild in six postseasons in just this one postseason <laughs> uh zidane chara who we will discuss extensively later on um with his fourth assist of the postseason, Danton Heinen got railroaded by Braden Shin, our big choo-choo train of a forward, uh, and that was in the blue zone, but he got hit to make the play, much like Zach Sanford in the last game. Very he hot sacrificed beat. his body, didn't even get an assist, thanks NHL. Heinen got the puck to Charles on the right boards, and Charles fired the puck at Bennington, who let an admittedly terrible rebound come back out to Coyle, who plopped it around Bennington's left arm and into the net. Now, I don't know who was covering Coyle on this one. Someone should but have someone been, should probably. have been, yeah. yes. That's right in front of your goalie. Mm -hmm. Five on five. We had at least two defensemen down there. Yes, and also, though... Not great from Jordan Bennington. No, not fantastic. Here's the thing, and this has been true a lot of Bennington, really all postseason, and it, it's something we'll certainly have to address going forward, but a lot of the times the goals he allows, not great, but the saves he makes on total, very good. Mm -hmm. And he keeps us, keeps us in the game. He makes that big save. Um, even the second one, not the greatest, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Certainly not his fault. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one, one, and you feel kind of the air go out of the enterprise center, like a balloon had been popped. Not that they were silent or sitting on their hands. That would happen later. Uh, but certainly a little bit of a bummer that you've really dominated the play for the first 
period and you're now tied. Do you have the mm-hmm. Corsi 4 numbers in front of you or did you post them in here somewhere? No, I think we had 63% though. I think in we the had the first? most. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, 63%, that's a very dominant controlling game and you are ahead. You should be ahead, but we were not. It was tied and that was unfortunate, but... Fortunately, there is a beautiful, angelic Russian man named Vladimir Tarasenko who descended from on high to Tchaikovsky's Overture of 1812. I think it was 1812. I'm going to say 1812. I sound like I know music I stuff. I have half a beer well, in me. I don't know. <laughs> yes, like I knew it when I was flustered. sober. Um, Alex Petrangelo with his 12th assist on this. Braden Shin with his seventh, and you gave an honorary assist to Sammy Blay for the pass to Shin and getting off the ice quickly for Tarasenko to jump on the line. Frenchie booked it. Oh, that's what you need. Petrangelo got a pass from Shin and curled it and dragged the puck around Johansson. Petro took the shot. It auto-corrected to Peter in the notes. Petro took the shot. Rass makes the save, and Tarasenko grabs the rebound and blasts the puck to the back of the net. Can you tell we're fired up? I can, like, feel how different this podcast is from the last one, so I hope the folks at home can. Thank God it's different. (laughs) Oh, indeed, indeed. That was depressing. Sorry. That was depressing. We'll talk about it more after we get through the game, but not great. So the Blues take a 2-1 to one lead into the first intermission. How are you feeling at this point? Good. I mean, we were playing for the lead in that end of that period, kind of trying to sustain pressure. I thought we did a really good job of quieting them down as the period went on because they seemed to kind of be rolling in the middle. Uh, it felt good. Always tenuous, one goal lead. You know, people always say the most dangerous lead in hockey is a three goal lead. I'm going to go ahead and say probably the one goal lead. (laughs) Probably the most dangerous lead in hockey. Yes, because you can lose those with just a goal. Yeah. Turns out. That's crazy. John Um, Madden. Indeed, that is Madden levels of analysis. Speaking of uh, Madden levels of analysis, actually, this is not Madden ish, but. Uh, my brother sent me a text message. He's gotten a little bit of a shout-out lately, my brother Bill. Uh, sort of a, I, I, I want to say passive hockey fan. Like, he's a, he's a Blues fan, mm. but he's not necessarily watching every game all the time like us crazy idiots, and that's fine. But he's into it now. He's like, probably healthier for he, it. Oh, much, much. He sees his wife and his dogs, and they have family time and mm-hmm. and they know what the sun looks like none of which i can say about myself so <laughs> um but he sends me this text this came after the game but it's appropriate here because the blues had several minutes probably 90 plus seconds darren pan kept saying three minutes maybe he knows but that seems like longer than it could have been mm-hmm. of just dominant dominant zone time and this is about halfway through the th- second period. Yeah. And then um, Vladimir Tarasenko takes a not penalty. And I think the yeah. word for it is not a penalty. And he sells it like a, the world's greatest professional wrestler mm-hmm. slash acrobat. One of the real oversell types. The Shawn Michaels. <laughs> The Dolph Ziggler's. These names mean nothing to you, no. but they do exist. Whoever that Bruins player was brushed. Oh, very Vladimir much. Vladimir Tarasenko's jaw. I want to say it was Achari or Corrali, but it's, in my head, those are the only players that exist <laughs> yeah. on the Yeah, Tarasenko moved his head away from the shoulder. It might have even barely been Johansson, yeah. but whoever it was. And then as he, it, the, <laughs> it rubbed up against his face, 
it took him like half a second, and then oh, he yeah. threw his head back. Oh, yes. It was not. After no. the contact, like he turned from the contact, and then he moved his head back. No part of it was believable in the least. From our angle, it's like, oh, they got he got his he got his shoulder up in yeah, his face. Yeah, but sure. then from the other angle, dead on. Nope, no, nope, nope. He sold it. And you know what? Fine. We gave crap to Essel Lindell. Mm. This wasn't Essel Lindell, though, to be fair. Oh, I mean, that's a whole nother yeah, level of Yeah, that's diving. a whole nother level. This was just a good, clean, old-fashioned embellishment. You gotta sell sometimes. Um, you gotta sell. You know, we weren't getting penalties called, and today we got penalties called, so I'm not gonna complain too much. And that happened to Connor Clifton. He was the culprit on that hit, but on the ensuing Blues power play, circling back around to my brother, who we mentioned ten minutes ago, excuse me, uh, the Blues, what, what what's the proper word, sucked? They sucked on the power play? Oh, I think that's too nice. I think they were awful. They were I think wretched. they were garbo. Yes. And um, it resulted in a shorthanded goal, as we'll talk about in a minute, but my brother sent me this text message, and I thought it was very insightful, because as a more on-again, off-again hockey fan, it's it's frustrating in a way, with no offense meant to him, that he can see this very plainly, and the Blues cannot. <laughs> and what he said was, I want to ask an honest hockey question. When the Blues are on the power play, they seem to try to play keep-away hockey, which may be common power play strategy. It's not. Bill. No, not at all. <laughs> but that isn't how they score their actual goals. Why not use the same strategy one scores with normally? If it works with no advantage, shouldn't it work better with one? The answer is indubitably yes. <laughs> and I tw- I responded to him by saying, oh, because their power play is very, very, very bad. So I heard this somewhere a long time ago, and I don't think it was from some random fan. I think it was on a hockey podcast or something. But basically... And I never played hockey, so this is just all could be all hearsay. But on defense, there is a structure. You're here, this guy's here, this guy's over here, this is your zone, this is your guy. But on offense, five on five, it's a lot more free willy, nilly willy. Just like, okay, we know what we want to do. We want to get the cycle going. Then we pump it back out to the point, they fire a shot. But if that doesn't work, shoot it on net. You know, do whatever the fuck you want. There's a guy open, passes him, get it on net. I think the Blues problem is they overthink their power play. Because mm. on the power play, there is definitely a form to it. And they just think it into the fucking ground. Yeah. They overplan that shit way too well, hard. To the point that you... I mean, you see it. Petrangelo gets a puck, and he's looking. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking. Move it, move it. There's one guy open. Move it to him. Now the Bruins gotta move. Move it to the next guy. Now they gotta... You know, that's how you make space. That's how you make lanes. It's frustrating. And they, they do the worst of all worlds, too, because they hold it for so long. And then when they finally decide to shoot, of course, the lane is clogged. Mm-hmm. So it goes off the first body, and it caroms and trickles the other way. And it goes off and into the other zone for a shorthanded opportunity. I mean, there is one here, but that happens more than just this oh, one yeah. time. That happens constantly to this team. And as we've mentioned time and time again, and listen, he had a Herculean night. We're going to praise him um, extraordinarily in a little while, but Alex Petrangelo could not keep the puck in the zone on uh, at the blue line to save his life if he had to. That's the worst and part of his game. I don't understand. Like that's we'll talk about Vince Dunn later too. I don't understand why one isn't the power play quarterback and the other is. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. I get that Petrangelo is your guy, and you want him. 
Um, you want him out there as often as possible. But honestly, it, it goes a little bit to, I think, to Bill's point again, where it's like, why are you playing cautious hockey in any way on the power play? Because I think what they would say, if I really said, why is Petrangelo the quarterback and not Vince Dunn, is, well, we need somebody who's a little more defensively capable out there if the puck goes, you know, the wrong way and it gets out. But that's so stupid because the San Jose Sharks aren't saying that with Brent Burns and and Eric Carlson. They're not saying, well, we really should make uh, Mark Edward Vlasic the power play quarterback because he's a little more responsible, you know? Chris Letang isn't, they're not putting, I don't know, I don't even know, Jack Johnson, but... Yeah, but they're not putting Brian Dumoulin or whoever. Like, you put your most potent threats out there. And if it goes the other way two-on-one, I don't care how defensively sound you are. It's two-on-one. Yeah. You're kind of fucked either yeah. way. And Alex Petrand wasn't that much also, better than Vince Dunn in also, that scenario. If it's two, if it's a break, Vince Dunn's got the foot speed to possibly catch True. them. And even, even if you have to hook them, which, by the way, I don't think we do enough. Like, if it's a two-on-one the other way, hook a guy. Take a four-on-four. Don't let him skate in and oh, I was like, yeah. do what they did here, you know? A much like, better play to take. It's just, it's baffling, and it's 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 so uplifting in a way that Bill can just identify the problem, because it's like, yeah, yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> no question. You nailed it. But then why can't the team just do it, you know? Overthink it, man. Um, just overthink I it. I say my brother Bill for Blue's special team coach next season. Mm-hmm. I think it's an I think it's a locked and loaded situation. Bill Bruve, Steve Ott on the bench. That's the most experienced NHL coaching staff that's ever been assembled. <laughs> um, yeah. So as we've alluded to several times, this power play opportunity leads to a shorthanded goal against scored by Brandon Carlo, the dog of game two and the overtime loser that didn't get as much blame as I think he deserved, quite frankly, scores the tying goal here with assists from Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Marchand bought time at the blue line and allowed reinforcements to arrive, which is really embarrassing. You should never be allowed, the shorthanded (laughs) team should never be allowed to buy time. But he clearly kept it onside. There There was some murmur about that. I don't really know why. There was no question that it was onside. I think um, it was maybe a matter of like his both of his skates being over at one point of the puck not, but if you have clear possession, that's not offside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Marchand passed the puck to Bergeron for a two-on-one with Bergeron and Carlo versus Tarasenko, who, no offense to him, not the guy you want yeah, back there. Not at all the guy you want know. back there. They know. It's a fast game, but they know who they're up against. Bergeron shoots the puck off the pad of Bennington, again in a situation where arguably he should have rebound control, but as we were saying earlier, not his fault when it's a two-on-one shorthanded breakaway. The puck goes over to Carlo, and Bennington almost he gets, gets there. I mean, he gets it. part of a glove on it. It's just not enough. I thought he And had it goes it. in for a 2-2 tie. Honestly... As depressed as I've ever been. Not, I mean, not really, because I i can't be as depressed as I've ever been if this team loses Game this one, series. you were pretty depressed. I was. I think that was the, That's true. I think that was the low of depression yeah. in this whole series. But, like, but like also, like, I mean, it wouldn't pale in comparison to when they just laid an egg against oh, the Kings yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But it was just, it was that total emotional swing of us sitting there screaming at the television when they have... 
Honestly, possibly the best zone possession they've had anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, it was not. I don't remember a time all season, really, where they had quite that good a stretch. They had a couple against Winnipeg late, I think, that were really good. Yeah. But just the best zone time, and you're just like, you're, be- you're literally begging them out loud, just please score, please do it, because something's going to break the other way. And I think I even joked when they got the power play. I think I even joked about, well, now we've got... The situation for that shorthanded goal, which yeah. shows how macabre I am, but also wasn't unjustified. Well, the power play boned us. I think we allowed a shorthanded goal earlier in the series, which would yep. mean that currently uh, we have allowed more shorthanded goals than we've scored power play goals. Not great. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything complicated. They just had four, three guys in our zone to our one guy and a goalie, and they beat us. And... And it really felt like at that point, you sent the tweet, and yeah, we got some pushback against it, but it really felt like you're tied at two, but you're actually losing. Because that was like a two-goal swing. That's the flow of the game. The flow of the game is like, you should have scored. It should, like you said, should be Mm 3-1, but it's 2-2. And they've got the better of the play in the last five minutes. And yeah, it's only the last five minutes, period. But that's what you're going into the locker room feeling. It's like the equivalent of like a pick six in football, Mm -hmm. where it's like you're on offense, you should be scoring and driving down the field, and then in a flash, in a lightning strike, Mm -hmm. the other teams put six picks six points on the board Mm -hmm. and now they're kicking off to you and you're like what the hell just happened it really i mean that's how it felt and you're going you know that happened what with 14 so six minutes left basically in the period and honestly you're just praying that you make it to intermission at that point you would love you would love a go-ahead goal but you're not hoping for that you're just hoping for a clean finish to the period and they did make it so kudos to them they held out I mean, those are, it's <laughs> our lowest course before at 57%. Wait, which is a story of this game. I mean, we really dominated this yeah, game. Yeah, even our worst this period. Was probably our, I mean, easily our best game mm-hmm. in the series. I would say even better than game two, but you dominate and, and that's the thing. You're not finishing enough of your chances and it, Rask is, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I came into this series thinking, well, he really could just shut us down in like Jonathan quick fashion and just steal it from us. I don't think he's been that good. He's been very good. He's been steady. But he's looked mortal, you know. I just think we haven't done, if you we, have to really if, yeah. beat him to beat him. You're not getting soft goals right now. Barring two crazy games he plays, in the future here, he's not the reason you lost. He's yeah. a good part of the Bruins, just like any other player, but he's not the reason you yeah. lost. Yeah, for sure. If And that's what's frustrating, I think, with this team right now is, and it's only one series now, so don't yeah. get me wrong, but like, if you lose this series, you're the reason you lost. <laughs> and we'll talk about it at the end of the game, but like, you look back at game one, you should have just won game one. And it'd You're be 3-1 right now. Yeah. And even uh, game, you know, we, game three, you might not have win, but don't lay a fucking egg. Yeah, exactly. But you, you pretty much threw one to the wolves on that. Oh, one. for sure. But and you started out so hot too. To your point of it being two two though, when people always say like, "Oh, it's a series now," they'll always say that like, even if it's one one, "Oh, it's a series now." This is really like this is the first time I ever felt this way. Two two. Like either team could just win two in a row. Either team could just win one one, and it's a game seven. And if if either team wins two in a row, even if it's the Bruins, like honestly, it feels like at least we've like oh, it's a real had series. a fighting chance. And it was like it wasn't I'll... like oh, the Bruins beat the Blues, who weren't really supposed to be there in the first place, or sort of thing. This feels like two equal teams duking it out at two two. Yeah, 
And that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I think I said to you during during the de- this depressed period of the game, I was like, I just I don't want us to lose and be the and the story be at lose in five. Yeah. And the story be well. See, they were pretender contenders. They were never on the Bruins level. Yeah. Yankees suck and Dunkin' Donuts rocks. Um, <laughs> like I just I didn't want that. Not because. Th- not because I care that much. I mean, it's an incredible yeah. season either way. But just because, like, I want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how good Boston is, especially when in some of these games it really would have been us laying the egg and not Boston playing this incredible hockey. I don't think Boston's played incredible hockey any time during this series so far. I always hate to do the whole, like, I hate when people say, oh... You beat yourself. Your team beat itself. The other team didn't beat you. Because really, the other team didn't beat itself, and thus they beat you. But, yes, I think the Blues have had two games where they've just shit themselves, essentially. Either from the very start, or halfway through. And the Bruins have been there to play fine hockey, and that's what beats you when you play crap. And good for the Bruins, but yeah, if the Blues had played consistently... It's 3-1. God knows it might have... I mean, it seems ridiculous to say, but God knows it could have been a sweep, which is insane to me. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, I'm pedaling back, backpedal a little. <laughs> That's crazy. But, you know, 3-1 for sure after a game one like that. So I'm I'm on board with that thought where it's like, really, this is the Blues series to lose. Yeah. Yeah. But how did we get to... a Two-two series so, time. So we're in the third period, and it's not looking bad, but it's not looking great. There's a penalty against Danton Heinen tripping Jaden Schwartz. Of course, we do nothing with said power yeah. play opportunity. I d- can you look on there how many power play shots we got? Actually, I got it right here. I'll figure <laughs> it out. Um, let's see. Oh, maybe I can't find it here. I don't know. but <laughs> Who's to say? I wouldn't think a lot. I wouldn't think a lot. Um, what period was this? Third. third we had three. three three on two power plays yeah I think. three across two power plays so what would we say not great on that first power <laughs> play in the second period one shot uh-huh um so uh one of the penalties was the double minor so three on this shot of power play i guess so there's a double minor or the the offsetting right oh at the end okay it's just a, a you know fisticuff thing so, uh, don't take an advantage there. And then Jay Bomeister high sticks on Charlie Coyle. I think it was actually more of a slash than a high stick, but whatever the case. I it missed was it. I was very penalty. angry. And you've got 642, um, 642 into the third period. You're thinking, okay, this is where the Bruins score their patented power play goal and it's over. I'm thinking. Maybe sane people aren't thinking that. We really were dominating this game. So, I implore you to realize that it's a state it's a more of a reflection on my mental well-being as a blues fan than it is on the reality of the series but um that's just how it felt to me you know and uh well they've got a very good power play we let them go four for four last game that's the one thing that is indisputable yeah and so you're always gonna be nervous when they're especially especially jay vomeister does the penalty so he's not out there to penalty kill yeah that's the worst and we do a great job that the uh the bruins have only four shots in the entire third period and two of them were on the power or one of them was on the power play 
and only one of them was after uh, Ryan O'Reilly scored with ten minutes left, mm-hmm. nine and a half minutes left. But you kill the penalty, and then the momentum's going your way, and then with uh, like I said, nine twenty-two left in the third, Ryan O'Reilly scores his second o- his second of the game. Papa O'Reilly, he is mm-hmm. all of our fathers, as you tweeted. Uh, Alex Petrangelo with his thirteenth assist, and Carl Gunnarsson with his second. Is Ryan assist. O'Reilly our age? Is he like yes, or maybe a hair okay. older? Yeah, he's our he's our. Age. I still. He's like a full-grown man, though, and I'm a little child. <laughs> yeah. Whenever someone's like 28 or 29, I'm like, oh, I'm just a couple years younger than them. And I'm like, nope, I'm that age or older. That was so just total quick sidetrack. I was at that wedding this weekend, and that was like what that wedding was for me. It was like a, just kind of a like, oh, these people are all adults, and I'm their peer, which must mean... I'm an adult, and that's not correct. And then you took another shot. <laughs> yep, that's how it went, um, especially with the Blues losing that night. It was very miserable. <laughs> O'Reilly scores his fifth, as I mentioned. Gunnarsson collected the puck and passed it to Petrangelo, who entered the zone on the right side and ripped a slapper on Tuka Rask, who saved it but let up a juicy rebound, and Ryan O'Reilly is there to collect that garbage i think the um bruins the bruins as they're called were making a sloppy change at this time too and um that was the game winning goal as it turns out which is crazy <laughs> they allowed one shot the rest of the period they had incredible defense and then hallelujah the clouds departed and pretty much like 10 seconds or so after tuka rask Mm-hmm. left the game. Braden Shin intercepted a pass at center ice and did the thing the Blues always do where they take the shot instead of trying to make any move and skate it closer to the empty net. But to his credit, he hit the empty net and it was 4-2 and it was time to play Gloria. It was a little little bit clinchy there at the end. They got mm-hmm. a little bit of zone time, but I guess they only got one shot if they got any. Yep. And it was, I mean, it ended up being a pretty clean win in those final 10 minutes. There wasn't that... Moment of total genuine panic. I mean, you were on the floor holding a stool on your head, but yeah. that's just us. That's, that's just the way we roll. One of us has to be channeling our pure fear, and the other one's the, like, go get him guy. I feel like most of the time we're, like, the yin and yang. I do feel like that. I don't know. Jackie I, Chan Adventures. A lot, <laughs> a lot of the time it's either I'm like, yeah, and you're like, no, or vice versa. But, you got to um, balance. It's a, you know... Universe is all about balance. And just as I knew when you predicted my birthday, we were meant to be perfect podcasting partners. <laughs> the Blues finished the game with 38 shots. 38! Three goals on Tuka Rask and 38 shots. 37 shots. That's a good percentage. I don't know what it is, but it's good. Uh, I'm not good at math. Someone out there is like, it's 943, you dolt. And they're right, but... Uh, they're right that I'm adult. They may be very wrong about the same percentage. Um, not nine thirteen, by the way. Not had, that great, but we had nine high danger chances to their five. Very good. And so at least three of those goals for sure were high danger chances. Fifty two percent of the face off, and for the first time all series, the Bruins were goalless on the power play, and just two opportunities. Also for the first time all series, I think. We had more power plays than they did. We I sure didn't capitalize on that. <laughs> Very true. 
Uh, we have 44 hits to their 41. They had 15 blocks to our 7, but that's an indicator of Corsi as much as it is anything. And we had 9 giveaways to their 6. Ian, how do you feel after this game? When you were talking about the third Ryan O'Reilly goal, I drifted into space. The, sorry, his second goal. He did not have a hat trick. That would have been dope. <laughs> when we're talking about the second goal, I drifted into space and was thinking about how they could win on Thursday, and then we could leave that watch party we're going to at the stadium, and they could be one win away. And then I could see them win at home, and then like Alex Petrangelo could lift the cup, and then this team would have a cup. And I, 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 I got tingly feelings on my skull. Like you, It was like unbelievable to me. You said the forbidden words, though. So I know, I did. Now when it doesn't happen, it's I'm sorry, it's my fault. fault. <laughs> um, I'll self-flagellate No, later. I mean, we did have that moment at the end of this game where it was like pretty much simultaneously we were both like, it's two wins! It's two wins you need now. Two of three, two. but two. It's a best of three. Best of three series, first to two. Oh my god, that's so few. That's so I very know. few. That's I know I it's mean. like a few losses too, but it's so very few. Well, like you said. Imagine what you'd feel like if it was 3-1 right now. I know. But the past no, is in yeah. the past, and we're not here to talk about the past. <laughs> well, like you said, if this team loses Game 5, let's say, the way this team's been playing, even with all of our pessimism, there's no way they lose Game 6 at home. Certainly I just don't not see without, it. like, a mega fight. Oh, no. It's a, it's a one-goal game. Easily, there's no, there's no way it's a, there's no way it's game three. There's no way it's even game one where they're up and then they lose. Nope. I think if that team goes up in game six at all, it's over. One nothing, game over. It could end fucking seven six. I don't give a shit. Game seven, no fucking idea, no clue. <laughs> like that's a fucking toss up. But there's no way if they lose game five that they lose game six. And honestly. With the way they've been playing, and if we're going to throw however many years of Blues history of players that are no longer playing on this team out the window, if they win Game 5, do they lose Game 6? No. Not this team? I don't really, think like, so. It seems insurmountable that they could put the Bruins away in three games in a row. Yeah. At the same time, they've won every series at home. And they've won them all in dominating yeah, fashion. just decisively. Dominating. And we've talked about it a lot. Yes, Game 6 against Winnipeg and Game 7 against the Stars ended up feeling very close. And obviously Game 7 of this against the Stars could have gone very differently. <laughs> yeah. But when you really look at the whole story of both of those games, they're very convincing wins. And this team, I, I know their home record is crap, but I... I don't know for sure, but I bet their home record in the second half of the series is very good. Mm -hmm. I bet if you remove games one through four, their home record is... Probably most of the wins. I mean, maybe we lost a game five in there somewhere. I guess we did against the Stars. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you're undefeated. So you're three and one in game five and six and seven and at home. <laughs> and Bennington, by the way, who's been fine, I think, most mm -hmm. of the series... Not last game notwithstanding, it's been insane. I don't know. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it's it's like four and one with a nine forty save percentage and like a one 
0.7 goals against average. I mean, insane in games five, six, and seven. Mm. So we talked about before this game that it was a must win, and it was. If we'd lost tonight, it's over. It's definitely, I mean, it just is. You're not. No teams ever come back from a 3 0 or 3 1 deficit in the Stanley Cup finals except for one team, and I think it was in 1928 when you couldn't make a forward pass. Yeah, exactly. Like, impossible. So, like. And, and that's nothing against us. We would have, maybe we could have even pushed a game six or game seven. Just, I don't, I know, I know there would be people out there and God bless them who would have said, well, this team's done the unprecedented all season. Mm-hmm. They can only have to do it three more games. And, and that's true, but it, w- it would have been over. It just mm-hmm. would have been. And that would have been, in a way, and, and this is true even if we lose now, in a way, that's fine because... I want them to win. We desperately want them to win. Obviously, we all want them to win the series. If they don't, now you can't be, like, furious. You know, you you have to be, like, obviously bittersweet, obviously very sad. But, like, they did, damn it yeah. if they didn't give their all. They I mean, did barring, everything they could barring, except win it. Barring what, to me, is unthinkable, that they just, like, kings the rest of the series and lose by, like, a grand total of like 10 to four or whatever. Yeah, they did. They did it all. And the Bruins are a really great team with a lot of experience. And if, if they just make it a little bit farther, fine, you know, it'd be Mm -hmm. sad, but whatever. But by the same token, that may not happen. (laughs) That really may not. And this team has been so much better in the second half of series. That, I'm I'm terrified. I'm I'm terrified, but it's like excited, terrified. Could you it's have, like pre-wedding jitters, yeah. terrified. Could it's, you ever imagine being this? And we're not that confident, but this confident in a team in the Stanley Cup final. God no. We always God, talked no. about how it was just like I would never believe it till it happens, and I still don't. But there's way more belief that it will than there I ever thought possible. Like if if. They do the if they reach the golden mountain top, <laughs> and um, Good for you. thanks. And uh, we look back on it. There will be a very like big how did this happen sort of thing, but it won't be like a practical. It will be more like a metaphysical. How did this mm-hmm. happen? Practically, we'll look back and say, oh, because. Of course. And I hate I hate this word. We said it so much. Not us as much as like the broadcast and everything. This is. <laughs> Indeed. This is the most tenacious team I have ever watched, certainly for the Blues, mm. maybe for anyone. They just, to, to quote Joe Buck, they just won't go away. Mm. Whatever you think, whenever you think you have them whipped and they can't possibly come back, they find a new way to punch you in the mouth. When you think you beat them 7-2 to on home ice and they're dead, Ryan O'Reilly score, comes out and scores 40% of his postseason goals in one night. And Oscar Sundquist, Oscar Sundquist played 19 minutes and 32 seconds in this game. If I had told you, if, if I tweeted that out, and literally an emissary from September traveled forward in time and slapped me in the face. <laughs> Because I tweeted that Oscar Sundquist played 1932 in Stanley Cup Finals. I, if, I, yeah. if I told you that in September, you would have told me who did we trade him to and how did he become mm. God. <laughs> and that's that's been this team this year. And, and we'll write the story when it's finished, when we know the final chapter. 
and maybe it'll be a sad ending like the real book, The Natural, which is bullshit, by the way. Uh, he he decides he decides <laughs> to come back and do the thing and not blow the game, and then he strikes out unintentionally, I think, because he sucks. I don't know. It's I've never seen the movie. Real sad. The, the movie is, you know, with the music and the home run and the lights going out, it's a whole big thing, but the book's not like that at all. Uh, anyway. Back, back, back to my hunch. Uh, yeah, it's just like, I, we don't know how the final story will be written, but we know everything leading up to it, and it's the weirdest thing. It's all of the weirdest things, but for once, I feel like, for once, you cannot in any way question this team's heart or desire. And that's so strange to me. It's so foreign. We're so close to the end of the ride. Oh God, it's like it's like I want it to end either way because yeah. this is this is. They talked about it's Zach not... Sanford last playing six weeks ago on the broadcast, and I just thought, oh my God. That's what happened to April, May, it's like, June third. Like. I, I don't think soon. I don't think this would happen in a million years anyway, so I'm not even trying to jinx anything. But like the the penguins repeating as champions, I don't know how their fans survived that. Oh yeah. That's like sixteen of like twenty months of hockey, with four of those sixteen months being like just insane insane oh. stakes. I don't get it. This is like the part where the ride's not over too soon, you know? It wasn't like a sweep. It wasn't a five... Oh, yeah. Five, you know, or a five-game series. This is like... This is the literal end of the ride. Yeah. They're going to the end. And it's like, I can't take it. I don't... No. <sighs> I don't either. Let's read some quotes, and then we can t- praise some players. Um, Braden Shin talked about... Uh, the, the tenacity as always yeah we believe in one another we're a tight group you gotta be pretty even keeled and it's emotional uh, he talked about the fourth line with Sunquist coming back those guys got great chemistry they're hard to play against Sonny comes back huge boost for that line they did a great job against Bergeron's line all night um, Oscar Sunquist got to be interviewed in the stand he was wearing a Stanley Cup final shirt with a blue note on it I realize that point's been drilled in, but I feel like it hasn't. He, um, I undervalued. I was already angry about the suspension. I was, I should have been angrier. Oh, we very much. We 19 minutes of ice time. He's a huge part of this team. Did I saw people any... on Twitter talking about, like, he's really big on this team. I was like, let's not overstate it. But, like, they were right. They were fucking right. You... He's like that weird, like... I think he's our next Alex Dean in a way. I think he's just never gone. And he's never really valued around the league, mm. but I just think the Blues will always be like, we can't let you go because God only knows yeah, what well, happens. Who are we going to fucking replace you with? I mean, unless he just turns back into a pumpkin next season, which I can't imagine happening. Especially after all of this. How yeah. do you go through this whole experience and just go, ah, oh, he's not actually that good anymore? Yeah, like, but I really don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, he said, I think we played five on five. We moved our feet really well. I think the whole team was going tonight, and it was a lot of fun. And he said, uh, we played our game. Our line's been playing great all year long. I don't think we gave up a single odd man rush against them, and that's how you win games. That is how you win. That's how you do it. <laughs> he described the winning formula. Alex Petrangelo and Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko have one of those uh, like NBA-style post-game press conferences where they were all on... Um, the you know all up on the podium 
answering the questions from the media. That's the trifecta. And it was adorable, and it was the triumvirate, the triforce of St. Louis Blues hockey. Uh, Alex Petrangelo said, "Things don't really seem to phase us. Last game we got out of last game got out of hand, and we weren't too proud of that. We use everybody, and it puts teams on their heels. This is later in the quote, obviously, and we get a lot of momentum from that." Uh, O'Reilly talked about the winning goal, and he said, "We catch them on the change, and it was a quick up mindset." Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, our, our just our golden sweet 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 boy. <laughs> who is our age uh, said mm-hmm. we shot the puck we shoot the puck way more in this game it's playoffs a little bit different game than the regular season you don't have a lot of clear shots people block shots to find your chances you gotta get off the red zone get to the red zone not a hockey turn touchdown <laughs> score some greasy goals maybe and that pays off for us uh, Ryan O'Reilly talked about being line mates to uh, Sanford, he said he played a great game, start to finish. He was making plays at the right time. That line was humming tonight. <laughs> I guess we have to put it in yeah. now. I guess we have to because it's Zach Sanford and his sons. So, yeah, Samford, I think the Samford for Ron O'Reilly line looked amazing tonight. O'Reilly, obviously the big benefactor in the goal-scoring column. David Perron was disciplined. He looked good. He did have a couple opportunities where he got to a place where he needed to bury the puck, and he didn't even shoot it, which was frustrating. Or he but tossed it right into the spoked yeah, bee. Oh, that damn spoked bee. Um... But yeah, yeah. So that pesky DNA. Um, the greatest moment of this press conference, of course, was when Vladimir Tarasenko was asked if uh, Ryan O'Reilly and his positive attitude and his workmanlike mentality rubbed off on him in a positive way. Ew. Which, to begin with, very insulting question. I like yeah. how the media almost, basically, the guy almost said, "Listen." We've talked for a lot, a long time in the media about how you're kind of lazy. Was it Ryan O'Reilly that made you better, Vlad? Was it? Uh, but O'Reilly, uh, Vlad, whose English I think is better than he lets on that it is, asked, what's a rub-off mean? <laughs> and <laughs> it was great, and it took a minute to dawn on Petrangelo, but then when it did, he started laughing like Rachel McAdams during the Wedding Crashers scene where... Uh, her sister's giving the first mate vows, and she just loses it and tries to silently laugh up at the altar. Basically, we, we Alex just Petrangelo. We, we just watched that movie. It, we did, yeah. We saw that part, at least. Uh, but he he went on to say, and I think this is a really telling quote about how this team uh, has been really all season. He said, "We I used to sit in a different spot all the time, away from the team. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Outside in the hallway. And it, <laughs> and this, this also doesn't sound great. And it was team decision to put me in the middle. <laughs> we don't talk much in the start, but like the more we played together, we get to know each other more. You look how hard he, that being O'Reilly, works and practices and everything. It makes all of us better. Just his attitude, I don't know this word, how to pronounce it, but the way 
way he responds and the way he practices all the time and the way he's been in the locker room. It's unbelievable and give us a lot of different emotions. And sure, he helps our team a lot. And then he leaned over behind the microphone to Ryan O'Reilly to apologize to him for getting the for forgetting the word attitude. And it was delightful. I assumed he forgot the word truculence <laughs> what's his word what's, what's his this word, word that's like Baruby use all it's time? like truck or trunk or something <laughs> truncated yes that's Trun- it truncated. So. <laughs> he's so truncated uh they had a couple of great quotes about st louis uh petrangelo said uh about getting the first ever the first ever the first ever stanley cup home win in blues franchise history these people Let's, at this game got way more worth out of their ticket oh, than the people our, from the last our game. Our dear friend and live correspondent, Kevin Bockerstead. Kevin that was easy for me to say. I'm very drunk off this Mountain Dew. Um, I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> oh, Sean White, everybody. Real quick, Sean White. Stewardess had all seen the, the games and, and they were just so excited to see me. They're like, you have the gold? And, and I mean, I had like, I had unlimited like service after that. I was getting drinks and I was getting <laughs> snacks and I mean, I was taking photos in the back with all the, all the stewardesses. Fun. Wait a minute, drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. Sean White, a real Olympic gold medalist. But as I was saying, our very own... 2G and C gold medalist Kevin was at the game and I'm sure he had an amazing time. Check out his Twitter. It's great. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Petrangelo talking about the wonderful game win in St. Louis said it's been a long time, right? The city's been waiting a long time for this. We weren't too proud of last game, so we really had to grab it and get ready for tonight. But you could see the buzz around the city driving to the game. It's pretty fun to see. It's what the city's about, right? Great sports city, underrated sports city, in my opinion. The fans are great. They never gave up on us all year. They didn't give up on us here in the playoffs. We've been down, and they just keep on cheering, keep on supporting us, and we'll put on the best effort we can for them. I'm glad glad Alex uh, does not listen to the podcast. Indeed, yes, because we definitely gave up (laughs) on them multiple times, and that's on us. Um, But also very appropriate at the time. Uh, it also just occurred to me, like, Alex Petrangelo is from King City, Ontario, a suburb of Toronto. So is he also freaking out about the Raptors at this time? Like, just as a human being, or does he not no, think about it at all? I think when you're like this, you're dialed in and I you guess just don't give a crap. Are, but... Maybe, like, tonight he's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hmm. Oh, the Raptors are in the finals. Interesting, interesting. Vince Carter doing well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Tarasenko added to that by saying, yeah, especially I know some guys playing their first year here, but me and Petro play six, seven years here, and Petro quietly under his breath goes, long time. <laughs> and he wants out. He goes, yeah, Petro more, yeah. And every year you keep hearing it, let's go win the cup. And even after last year, you hear it all summer. People start believing in us, and we feel it, and we give and give us literally big emotional boost. Petro said, you drive around the city, see Let's Go Blues everywhere. It's unbelievable. We're just trying to enjoy it right now and make it happen. And they might. They just might. Talk about Vince Dunn for a moment. Vince Dunn. Alex Petrangelo, amazing evening. We'll get to him. Vince Dunn came back with his jaw wired shut, I believe, Mm -hmm. and played 13 minutes of ice time. Obviously not the most. He's never going to get a ton or anything, and it's his first game back. 
after a couple games out, more than that. So 13 minutes ice time. He had an 80, I believe, 83% Corsi 4 in all time on ice, those 13 minutes. That's insane. 84% over 13 minutes of ice time is fucking insane for any defenseman, let alone Vince Dunn. The guy is a huge asset to this team. Oh my God, beyond belief. Five on five, he only played nine minutes. I thought when but he said But he had a 94% Corsi 4 percentage. I can't like... 94. If you, if you don't know Corsi 4, I can't stress to you enough that you have more of a life than me. But also, that's astronomical. It's inconceivable. He almost, I mean, pretty much... For the nine minutes he was on ice, five on five, the Blues had the puck. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And we're taking the shots and, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's insane. He is a, he's a bigger asset than people know. He really he is. He is so good. We talked about it too. Hand-eye coordination, fantastic. Is he going to keep the puck in on the blue line? Most he's certainly. Dead. Absolutely. He, he like scares me how good, like... I don't want to get too hyped on anybody, but, like, to me, I see in him what everybody saw in Colton Pareko, which, by the way, they were more right about than me. Mm. He's phenomenal, incredible, and I th- I think when you, look at, when you look at this team, really, and you look at the talent pool, and it's like, it doesn't feel like we have the, we don't have the elite, like, McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin-level talent. Or even the Marsham, Pasternak, Bergeron talent. But we've got so many quietly great players. Mm. Not quietly decent, not quietly good, quietly great. Oscar Sundquist, in his way, is quietly great this mm-hmm. year. Um, Vince Dunn and Colton Pareko are not heralded, but they're phenomenal defensemen. I would like. I don't know that there's two defensemen in the league that I would take over them right now. Maybe two of the guys out of the Hurricanes, like two guys on the same team yeah, yeah. that I'd rather start my core with. There aren't many options for sure. And you've got Barbashev. You know, he's not great, but he's so good to be on the fourth line and doing everything he's doing. That's just the whole team right now. That's what I mean. Everyone's contributing. And then you've got guys like Alex Petrangelo, who, oh, captain, our captain, we never talk about enough. Even us, who I think are amongst Blues fans fairly pro-Petrangelo, mm. listen to these numbers, and if your mind isn't blown by the end of them, rewind and listen again. <laughs> Dmitry Filipovich tweets out, Alex Petrangelo had himself a game tonight. Little bit of an understatement. 29 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time. That is all but 23 seconds of half of the game. Seven shot attempts, five on goal, three created rebounds, two primary assists. He had 11 zone exits. Ten of them were with possession, meaning he had the puck. And with him on the ice at five on five, attempts were 21 to 10 St. Louis. Chances were five to one and goals were three to nothing. That is a game-changing performance from your captain, who so many people said for so long could not 
captain this team to success. Mm. And I think even earlier in the season, I think we even said when we were at our lowest, I don't think that's the guy that captains you to a cup. Mm. And maybe he doesn't do it this year, but I'll be damned if he just didn't almost single-handedly put his team two games away from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's quiet. Yeah, he probably doesn't get in guys' faces in the locker room. Very Dougie Hamilton-like. Indeed. But you know what? You play to win the game, <laughs> don't you? You play to win... I mean, that's an elite performance. That's un- elite. unbelievable. We talk, we've talked plenty about how we don't like to throw a lead around, but that's an elite performance. Oh, that's as good... Like that. I as don't good know. as you can practically get, that's man. That's as good as you can get on defense. It's inconceivable. Like, you could be better than that. But it's but just But you cake. couldn't possibly uh, yeah. ask for anything yeah. to be better than that. Um... So yeah, it's go ahead. Oh, I was say, speaking of defense, something we forgot to mention. I didn't write in the notes. Is Zdeno Chara? Oh shit! Yeah, took a Braden Shen deflection off his own stick, stick and into his face and was bleeding pretty Very heavily. Vince Dunn like left the second period, bleeding significantly. Came back mm-hmm. to the bench in the third period with a full cage on. Didn't play no was on the ice during a stoppage to high five and slap ass uh and then sat back down he did not play any of the third period now before anyone gets too excited Zdeno Chara is finally finally something of a shell of himself however Mm. if he can't play at all in future games and they have to leave him off the bench that's a huge loss for them and Mm -hmm. i recognize they beat carolina in game four without char on Mm -hmm. the ice it's not a given that that's a win but emotionally speaking he's huge for that team Mm -hmm. i mean there's a reason they put him back on the bench even if they weren't going to play right for sure they knew he wasn't going out there he's an emotional pillar for him but yeah i mean that's that's significant I'm sure he'll play game five. It probably, but his face, you don't know what the swelling might do. You don't know all of that. Like, I don't know if he got x-rays or anything. Like, it could be messed up. And yeah. if he doesn't, is not, you know, if he does play, it's probably, he's probably not 100%. Shoot he's an puck. old, old man. Can you shoot pucks that high um, at someone's face? Yeah. <laughs> Intentionally? Six feet? Probably. How can seven I prove inches that up? you didn't? Um, but, but that's not up there. <laughs> yeah, that's significant. I mean, Grizzlick's not coming back to this series. Oh, I forgot he was still out, yeah. And I'm not rejoicing in that, but it's a pretty significant win. John Madden, I think John Madden, isn't that the Madden they brought in? Whoever Madden got knocked on his ass a couple of times in this game. Was that like the guy that was... Oh, yeah. A hawk and then a uh-huh. oiler I and think then so, wow yeah. for like a thousand years he you, must be four. Man, you get yourself a cup final, man. Holy well, shit. Also tonight, apropos of nothing, just to mention it quickly, Kevin Hayes was traded. He's a pending UFA, but the Flyers gave up a fifth round pick to get the chance to negotiate with them first. So hopefully he wants to go there because that'd be real embarrassing. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, it's two two in this series. Literally anything can happen. But that means that all the options are on the table, including the very happy ones. Mm. I don't know, like, Tarasenko's red hot. Ryan O'Reilly's rounding into form. The triumvirate's there doing their job. I mean, everyone's clicking. 
Joel Edmondson, who we've dogged on a little, looked fine as far as I could tell. Zach Samford's looked really good. Mm-hmm. I'll give this to I'll give this to Samford and Sammy Blay, who we probably don't talk about enough. Those guys, you know, Samford lost his opportunity early on. But, man, they got a chance, and they stepped into the lineup, and they're like, I'm not letting go, which is something Robbie Fabry hasn't done. Mm. And I don't think he was bad in the game he played, but he – or the two games, yeah. two games he played. I think you can just rely on Sanford more. I, just, I think he's well, got a better you, all-around game. Also, you need what Sanford does in that role better than mm-hmm, exactly. Fabry. Um, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> whether they – climb Methuselah's ladder or Jacob's ladder to the pinnacle or not. There's so many reasons to be excited about this team. Yeah. I mean, we're still going to do podcasts, but this, to me, it almost feels like this weird, like, this was the last one to analyze. Oh, like, yeah. Like, we'll do two more or three more, but, like, this feels like this weird, like, now they're in the ether, like, it just happens or it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, they, no, that's a really insightful. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, they I'm have totally... all the ability to <coughs> force themselves upon the win and just take it. But at the same time, the Bruins just could. And it's like, I don't know anymore. It's just like, if it happens, it does. If it doesn't, it does. Like, it's just, it's just there. And you're just here. You just have to watch it and live it. And there's three, ga- three days between all of them just to. Oh, woof. Uh, just to twist the knife a little deeper. Imagine if it was Wednesday, Friday, and we just knew by the end of the week, but instead it's Thursday, Sunday. Possibly Wednesday. Oh, God. Oh, God. More than a week away from Game 7, if that happens. Yeet! (laughs) But you know what? Whatever happens now... Whatever happens from here on out, it's just happy feelings. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely happy feelings for now. Which, I think, brings us to our local St. Louis legend, who I think should close us out. Brett Hull, who, through only his own power alone <laughs> and no social lubricants of any kind, introduced the St. Louis Blues onto the ice with a thunderous... And I say to that, indeed, let's go, Blues. We'll be back on Thursday, Friday, Mm, sometime. Someday. We'll know. You'll see us on Twitter. We're going to be there at the watch party. So say hi if you want to. And let's freaking go, Blues. Godspeed, Blues fans. All over but the shouting. We'll let you hear it.